Coming up next on The Jeff Curley Show, we're going to talk to a national thought leader on biologic therapies. We'll be talking to Dr. Wade McKenna next. Many are predicting that the worst is yet to come, which is unfortunate, said one person here. Until now, they've enjoyed the reputation of being the nation's icebox. Watched a burglar in his home this morning by webcam. As a journalist of over 25 years, stories are what make my world turn. Reporting live from the Dallas Newsroom tonight, Jeff Crilly, Fox 4 News. But in 2008, I took the jump from my familiar life and started a PR firm from my home. We're talking about anyone with a camcorder like the one I'm using becomes a television network. We started slowly growing the company and we now have over a hundred clients and we've branched into the world of live digital broadcasting. I now own eight different TV studios and have a huge team. And the stories that I now get to share are sometimes the most important of my life. Life has a funny way of coming around full circle. This is the Jeff Crilly Show. Well, we hear on the news all the time about stem cells. You might be listening to our ad on the radio, and, and there's a lot of myths out there about stem cells. People hear it, they don't know exactly what it is. So to separate fact from fiction, Dr. Wade McKenna, he's the founder of Moab Texas. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks, Jeff. Yeah. First, a little bit about your background. So you're a board-certified orthopedic surgeon. Yes, um, and my kids will tell you they very quickly had fellowship trained um, <laughs> because that was really important at the time. So I did a, uh, after orthopedic surgery residency, I did a, a fellowship in trauma uh, and post-traumatic reconstruction, just because at the time, um, I, that was the thing I saw most often not done as reproducible uh, mm -hmm. in, in regular orthopedic surgery. And with an extra year of, of training, and, and they, you're literally an associate professor during that year where you do all the trauma coming in at a level one facility, you leave that year kind of feeling like there's nothing you can't take care of. Yeah. And so that, that was really important to me at that point. Um, but now, you know, 90% of what I do as an orthopedic surgeon is a six inch putt, but, but you don't want to, you don't want to be going to someone that's operating at the top of their competency anyway. So I think the trauma fellowship, even though now I don't, you know, take active trauma call at any big facility anymore. Um, my life is better. Well, um, well, it's still you, important to have that as a background. And your practice has really uh, shifted in the last few years uh, to stem cells. Explain that. Yeah. So it, it, very quickly, as a, as especially in trauma, because uh, the very first use of autologous, meaning from you, um, stem cells from bone marrow, was in um, fractures that no matter how you. Know, I, I hate when Western medicine takes the attitude and a lot of patients take the attitude that surgery is going to fix something. Surgery doesn't fix something. It makes, it gives it an opportunity to heal, but it doesn't heal anything. The body has to heal. And so in trauma, there's a significant amount of subset of what we do that never really heals. And the, you, you know, you would get these fractures in that someone else had already put a plate, a rod, screws, they had four or five surgeries, they devascularized all the soft tissue and I was, they send it to the fellow to make it heal. And you had to start searching for how do you prompt the body to do what it was supposed to do. Surgery becoming less invasive has made a huge difference and that's been a huge trend over a long period of time. But less invasive sometimes just means a smaller scar. It doesn't mean it was less harmful to the tissue. And so what, what we figure out very quickly is, and what became my big passion was, how does the body actually initiate healing? And what cells do that? And so um, in 
my trauma fellowship has been a long time ago. Uh, I was a trauma fellow in Tampa at 95, 96. And that was exactly the same year that a guy named Arnie Kaplan, um, a, a professor, named the bone marrow, what we used to call pluripotential undifferentiated adherence cell. He named it the mesenchymal stem cell in 1995. And so before 1995, it wasn't called a, a mesenchymal stem cell or a stem cell. It was just, there was a really long name because we name things in medicine based on what they do. That became very interesting very quick because if that is unlocking how the body would heal. As a trauma surgeon, more than anything, if I want to heal you, I need to understand the pathophysiology of how your body wants to do it and try to find ways to augment that. Some of the very first uses published in stem cells were to take fractures that didn't heal and make them heal and really complicated fracture patterns and given them a higher incidence of healing. And that's been really well published for, for over the last 20 years extensively. I mean, the my initial development into the stem cell market was to find an easier way to get to bone marrow stem cells. And if, if it was still, and everyone has heard a bone marrow harvest story that's that hurt worse than the surgery or that wasn't, you know, the amount of pain I had. So what we had to do first is make bone marrow easy to get to. And so I developed a little harvest catheter that we developed along the way. It's changed multiple times over the last 25 years, obviously. Um, but now I have a three minute process to pull 60 cc's of bone marrow in a relatively atraumatic fashion through one little poke hole with one stitch. And then we take that 60 cc's of marrow, process it in a machine that separates the cells out we want in 25 minutes. And so by the time that surgery is over or by the time that the patient is, you know, needs a little bit of dope, we can take those stem cells and employ them to wherever your injury is to help you turn back on that healing process. Yeah, and it's it's absolutely a medical breakthrough. I went on your website and there's all these great testimonials. Let's go ahead and roll one. Kent, a military veteran, was very active and along the way he damaged his shoulder so bad he could not even lift up his arm. That is until he had a procedure by world-renowned stem cell therapist, Dr. Wade McKenna, who practices right here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I had bad shoulders from the age of 20 on. I swam a lot um, through high school and 40 years of small sustained abuse. Um, and the final blow was in the swim pool with my son, throwing him up in the air and I felt my right shoulder go. Kent is a young man who worked out incessantly. He's, he's huge, he's always been huge. He's a Marine and we were talking one day and it's just hurting so bad that when he went to get something off of a low rack, his shoulder would just almost pop out. And uh, finally convinced him that he probably needs to not wait any longer. And we got MRI of his shoulder. He called me after the MR was done and asked me, what in the world did you do to your shoulder? I knew there was a rotator cuff tear and a labral tear, and it turned out to be a glenoid fracture and all kinds of other stuff. So did um, rotator cuff reconstruction, Literally, we were worried about how these needs a new shoulder. And so it's also chondral changes, arthritis, full thickness retracted cuff tear. The healing process was amazing. Um, it was faster than I thought. That being said, I'm an RN. I'm a lot better nurse than I'm a patient. He went ahead and did the left one. Stem cells again on that one. Recovered quickly on that one. Everything was going great. I was coming down the stairs one night, slipped, fell. Tore the right one again. I went back in and then stem cells again on this one. I believe it was two, two and a half weeks post-operatively. I felt so good. I wasn't lifting, I wasn't putting any weight on it. 
but I had full range of motion. So I went out, got in the pool, and had my son video me swimming, and almost the cause of Dr. McKenna's heart attack. <laughs> I opened the video. Oh, kids in the pool. Hit play. Kids breaststroking in the pool. And I was like, oh, I'm going to kill him. He's, he, he, you know, he's supposed to still be in a sling at this point, right? He's three weeks out. Then he does a flip turn at the end of the pool. It comes back swimming freestyle and I drop my phone. Ah, like I'd seen a ghost. I was worried he was going to tear his cuff up, um, and, but he obviously didn't. To feel whole again, to feel like I'm strong enough, I can pick up my children, I can... Basic activities of daily life without having to worry about that pain being there. Just got back from mission down in Houston, helping the, uh, the Harvey victims. Did a lot of good for a lot of people down there. And again, you know, lifting boats and lifting people out of helicopters, um, just moving people that couldn't help themselves. And it was, it was good to be able to do that and not worry about tearing it up further. It's good to be back at 100%. Kent will definitely be the first to tell you that Dr. Wade McKenna is the leader when it comes to stem cell therapy. Wow, that is so impressive. And now, you have an update on that very same yeah, patient. Yeah, actually, oddly, um, uh, took care of him again today. Um, he's, uh, first of all, he's an unbelievable uh, specimen. I mean, the guy still looks like that. And um, that's, it's, the hard part about going through what he went through with tearing up both shoulders and tearing up one shoulder twice is that you decondition a lot with traditional approaches to medicine. They're gonna keep you in a sling for six, eight weeks. You're gonna be in therapy forever. With what we do, uh, especially with what's published on Rotator Cuff, um, we can augment your results. So I normally get people out of sling within the first week to two weeks. Even the next day, they take the sling off to eat, even after a cuff reconstruction, because we're gonna trust my repair. And I don't have to trust my repair for a year. I have to trust, because that's how long it would normally take to heal. Sure. I have to trust my repair for to maintain its integrity for the first three to six months. Because what's published in, in uh, on a study with rotator cuff surgery is that the failure rate nationwide in our country and every other country is around 30%. And that's wow. doing it the way we traditionally do rotator cuff surgery in the U.S. And that's from the best guys in the world. If the failure rate's 30%, it's not because the surgeon messed it up. It's because the body still can't heal it. You're sewing it back together. It still has to heal. And so if you take and augment that injury with bone marrow cells, just not even with the amnion and all sure. the cool patches and all the postnatal tissue graft we use, and which is part of the afterbirth stuff. Without any of that, just use your bone marrow and inject it into the cuff if, at the time of surgery, the healing rate is 100% at six months. The, the cohort that didn't have cells is 67% at six months. The 10-year follow-up was just published, I say just, 2014 isn't just, but. 10-year follow-up on that was published in 2014 that showed if you had stem cells injected at your cuff at the time of surgery, 87% of the time it's still intact. If you didn't, it's 40%. Wow. Do you want to be 87% of the time healed at 10 years or 40% of something? First of all, if someone was going to have rotator cuff surgery and they should look you in the eyes and say, the failure rate of the surgery is 30%. Mm. No one does that. And, and that's what's published. But not if you use cells. That was the same surgeon, same hospital from a long time ago. And this... This is not controversial. 
Right. Like, we've been doing this for 20 years. I've done over 25,000 bone marrow harvests. Wow. It's the cell that is responsible for initiating healing and new blood supply. And we all know famous athletes who have gone out there and had, you know, one surgery after another, and they never are quite the same. I, I, I will tell you that it's because the body, under conditions of repetitive trauma, were not given time to heal, or from chronic overuse, you don't have, or, or you're nutritionally or hormonally compromised. So, you know, there's an overall approach to, in Western medicine, everyone wants to treat an injury and not a patient. The goal with cell therapy for us and is health. Like if you're healthy, you know what happens, you heal from a surgery. If you're really healthy, you may get by without a surgery. And so a lot of things in Western medicine is you throw a drug at it or a surgery at it, but you still have to have a host that's well, that can overcome what you just did to them. Sure. And cell therapy, has been the thing that does that. And, and a lot of, the problem with, with is a lot of its politics is that athletes have to leave their traditional healthcare system to come see us, and a lot do. Um, but those are people that get paid to not be hurt. And with the way medicine works, you almost have to be an insider to know where to go because those guys aren't gonna go on a, I wouldn't expect them to. I, I, the, the, the patient confidentiality thing is really important in our practice. But, you know, they'll still post pictures of us in the clinic and they'll, they're on our web, sometimes they'll be on the web, you know, posting pictures together. But I never come out and tell what we did for someone or how we sure. took care of an injury that hadn't healed because if it's a contract year or something, I mean, it, it affects someone's livelihood. But once people figure out that they have a bunch of traditional surgery and athletes figure that out pretty quick, um, and it didn't get better, like they know if they got better or not. And if there's some really minimally invasive way to augment the result they had, which is the use of bone marrow stem cells, even if you were injecting a previously reconstructed ACL or a previously reconstructed shoulder or an early arthritic knee or a late arthritic knee or a chronically injured tendon or a fracture that didn't heal. I mean, you talk about athletes and ending careers, a fifth metatarsal fracture, it's one little bone in the foot. It, the, there was one player drafted ahead of Michael Jordan. No one even knows who he is. Mm -hmm. He should have been the greatest basketball player ever, probably if he was drafted ahead of Michael Jordan. But he had a fifth met fracture that they couldn't get to heal. The Sam Bowie, right? If we have a fifth met fracture, what's been published now is, even without surgery on the fifth met fracture, if we just take your bone marrow cells and inject in that, we can usually get that to heal in the first two months. Wow. Not five surgeries later and still not having a blood supply. And every time you open that bone up, you're... The, the one thing about surgery, and I like, obviously, as a trauma surgeon and as an orthopedic surgeon that's still really busy in orthopedics, when you make an incision and remove the blood supply for something, you're creating a wound that now has to heal more than it did before, because at least you hadn't interrupted all the blood supply now. The chronic injury, the inflammation does decrease the blood supply to that fracture. That's why they have to kind of overcome some of that to be able to heal. That's why we put screws in them sometimes, is, or a plate or a rod. Sometimes I have to keep everything lined up for long enough. You can still get active and do stuff, not limit your function and get the blood supply back and get to heal. A lot of times, every time if you use bone marrow or a combination of the patient's marrow and amnion, we can get an initiation of healing way faster by the body because the way the body would heal is goes to an inflammatory response and then a post-inflammatory response and then pro-inflammation and then remodeling and healing. When you use cells, you're pushing the body past that inflammatory response because these are the cells that secrete. A stem cell isn't about what it becomes, it's about what it secretes. 
So when you take those cells and put them in that injured environment, it gets rid of the injured environment very quickly. It changes the, the, the room, right? So now instead of a big inflamed injury, you're pushing it towards healing. That is what most athletes get very, very quickly. And they talk, right? So most of the patients we take care of that are really high profile come from another patient that's really high profile, not from a team. The most teams are sponsored by, like, look at the stadiums. Like, who, who, who's, 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 whose banners are hanging around most pro sports teams? Healthcare organizations. Not someone that's talking about health. Someone's talking about healthcare system, which is financially driven. They're not driven necessarily making you healthy. They're driven on having healthcare use. I think that the stem cell part of that is the most kind of anti-use of healthcare you can get. Because if I can just get your body to heal better, you don't need a lot right. of healthcare, right? right? But that's really the only healthy thing we have is taking your cells, concentrating them and help them put them where they go. This is how the body wants to heal anyway. If you heal from that fracture, it was your stem cells that healed the fracture. So I'm not changing how the body works. I'm helping it do a better job and augmenting what your body wants to do. Sure. Right? And I, I love it that you talk like an ordinary guy because I think so many doctors speak in legalese or, or you know, medical jargon and, um, and the patient doesn't understand what they're talking about. You have the heart of a teacher and that's why the media keeps calling you. Uh, we saw a clip on, on the news that we're gonna put up here. I love it that the media turns to you uh, for your expertise. You like to educate people, don't you? Uh, it's been crucial, right? Like, that, you know, if anyone that's looked at kind of my path in, in medicine and what we've done, I don't get out of the OR or clinic very often. And, and because of that, you, you, the, the science, I think, of what we do has been kind of stifled because I'm, I, I'm one guy. And we can, even though we've trained hundreds of people on the bone marrow system. Um, and the, the, one of the companies that makes the machine will, like I'm their nationwide trainer, like they'll send guys into our clinic. We have a private OR in our, in our office. Doctors will come in to learn how to do bone marrow. I've been all over Europe since like 2014. We have bone marrow approval on the kit. The, probably the largest country of use outside of, of us is uh, the Gulf Coast states or, or Italy. Um, a lot, some of the, the proprietary material in the very beginning came from Eastern Europe. So those branches of medicine have been more open to finding a natural way of healing than, than, sure. than, than what we had in the U.S. We've, so got, a, we've got about two minutes left. And in the final two minutes, I want you to talk to the patient whose doctor is urging them to go under the knife. Do they want to get a second opinion before they do that? Yeah, this is, so this is hard, right? Because from my standpoint, uh, like even with us, like if I get, we have patients flying from probably probably 20% of what we do is from out of the country and probably a third of what we do is from out, of, probably half of what we do is from out of state. And there are plenty of people that come in with locking, catching, giving away in a knee that just is arthritis. Well, if it's just arthritis pain, you don't need to clean that up. I just need to help you heal more cartilage in the knee. And what's published is if I put bone marrow stem cells in your knee at six months, you have on average 20% more cartilage than you had before I did that. If I just scope your knee at six months, on average, you have 0% more cartilage than you had before I scoped your knee. But where a knee scope comes into play, if you have a bunch of mechanical symptoms, you have a big loose piece floating around, you have an unstable tear, I don't wanna waste those cells on something that's not gonna make better. So I'll still app apply some of the, you want both parts of me in some situations, right? You want the traditional surgery side where I'll stick a scope in your knee, 
clean everything out, get rid of the tears, get rid of all the loose pieces, and kind of prep the environment for your stem cells. And most of the time, um, if I'm doing a scope on someone, we apply the bone marrow at the time of the arthroscopy, and then we'll follow them up later with some secondary injections, depending on what our goals are. So I think that surgery, if someone's gonna be able to look you in the eye and tell you real outcomes, great. But the, the, there's zero downside. And that's why I don't get the narrative on, on the stem cell part of what we do. It lowers the infection rate in every study ever published. There's 6,500 studies published using bone marrow stem cells from the, the machine that we use. There's never been an untoward result. The infection rate's always lower in the treated group than the non-treated group. So at the very least, if you're cost conscious even, because the cost of an infection is a disaster to the healthcare system. If you're just cost conscious, the, the use of cells to overcome your infection risk should be a big deal. But the use of bone marrow to overcome the healing challenges that your body has is the best use ever. And so from my point of view, if some, I would always ask, do you, do you use cell therapy or do you use biologics or can you harvest my bone marrow to augment my cuff repair? Or what would be your strategy on helping me heal better, right? I mean, sometimes it's as easy as nutritional and hormonal kind of optimization for a patient to make it where they're a better candidate for surgery, right? And, and you just wanna, if you're going into surgery, what you wanna make sure is that you're giving yourself the best chance of getting better with the least amount of intervention and the least amount of downtime. And downtime is lowered with mobilization. The faster you're doing stuff, the less time you're down, the easier it is to get blood supply going, get rid of swelling. Um, and, and all that is kind of crucial in moving you along. Biologics change your traditional outcome, your traditional downtime by increasing blood supply and making it easier for you to be able to get wow over the intervention, right? Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with the world and um, saving lives. We're gonna end with the website, which is moabtexas.com, the great Dr. Wade McKenna. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Jeff. That's it for now, we'll see you next time.